0: Thank you, Brother Terry. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to the Book of Jude. We want to go back to the Book of Jude. Last week we looked at 2 uh, Timothy as we kind of have the same theme in regards to the Word of God today. I want to share with you as we go through this book of Jude. Never preached through the book of Jude all these years. I've referred to it, maybe read a passage from it, but I wanted to teach through it. Preach through it. And so we want to look at Jude and we'll look at verses 1 through 8, and then verse 8 will be our text. This morning I want to share with you about modern apostates identified. Modern apostates identified. Look, if you will, at verse 1, and I want to share those first eight verses, and then we'll look at verse 8 a little more in depth. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified, meaning set apart, by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you, peace, love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of this of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints literally once and for all delivered unto the saints i was listening to uh sunday school class next door and we're talking about this is all the scripture we have it's not going to be any more and so this was once and all delivered unto the saints so everything in the word is complete don't expect any new revelation coming from anyone else if you do be leery of that new revelation because we have what was once delivered unto the saints once and for all. Okay, Verse 4, For there are certain men, crept and unawares, who were before of old ordained uh, to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God unto lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you into remembrance. Though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels which were kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness until the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. About three years ago, I mean about three weeks ago, I'm sorry, I began preaching kind of a series of sermons through the book of Jude. It's a very small book. You've noticed only one chapter has 25 verses. And if you remember, about three weeks ago, we dealt with verse 1 through 4. And I preached a sermon entitled, Contending for the Faith. And the essence of that sermon was that Jude warned the early church, and he warns us today that godless men had slipped into, had slipped in, had crept in, had slipped into the body of Christ with the express purpose of, number one, to change the grace of God into the license of immorality. And then, secondly, they also sought to teach against the sovereignty of God. The point, Jude, is warning the church is that Satan is attacking the church from within to destroy the church by seeking to destroy the foundation of the Word of God. So this is all about the Word of God. Satan wants to take down the biblical foundation of the Word of God. Therefore, beware of the apostate or the apostasy. And the word apostate or apostasy simply means turning from the truth. Turning from the truth. An apostate or apostasy is someone or a group that turns from the word of God. Now remember an apostate claims to be a Christian. But they're not. They profess. But they do not possess Jesus Christ. They know the truth but they haven't acted upon the truth. They know the truth, but they refuse to act upon the truth. They are in the church to perform an inside job, and that's simply to destroy the Word of God. Therefore, we must, Paul says, or Jude says, we must contend. We must fight for the faith, not fight for faith, but fight for the faith, fight for the doctrine or the the oracles of God or the word of God that was once delivered unto the saints, verse 3. Now remember, he it was delivered once and for all. And so the first sermon was to contend for the faith, to fight for the faith. Uh, week 2, we, we looked at verse 5 through 7, and Jude reminded the early church that... Um, and it reminds us to awake out of our apathy. That was a sermon titled Awake Out of Our Apathy. The point being, the apostates had moved into the church fellowship. They attacked the word of God and God's people were kindly indifferent, complacent. They were apathetic. They did nothing to stop the apostates. They just sat there and let them teach. They let them preach. They just sat there and listened. And he pleads with the church and Jude Pleads with us today, verse five, to remember, remember, because of apostasy, Israel lost their victory because of these apostates. Angels lost their vocation because of apostasy. Sodom lost uh, its virtue. So the point is, we need to awake out of our apathy in regards to apostasy. Now today, we want to look at how apostates pollute the witness of church of the church. How can we identify apostates? How can we identify the the, the apostate or apostasy in the church? So look, if you will, at verse 8. Likewise, also, these filthy dreamers. Now, if you'll notice the word filthy, if you're reading the King James or following along in the King James, the word filthy is is italicized, which simply means it's not in the most... Reliable manuscripts, the older manuscripts. And you can kindly leave that word out. And it it really would not make a difference. Likewise, these dreamers, they were dreamers. They defile the flesh. But we found out also they were filthy. So they were dreamers, defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of, of dignities. So remember, an apostate has received the word but they haven't acted on the word. Let that seek in. They receive the word of God, but they don't act on it. They know the word of God, but they don't act on it. So first, an apostate is someone who turns from the word. Secondly, someone who seeks to add to the word, change the word, seek to destroy the word. And when I mention the word, the doctrines of God, the oracles of God, the commandments of God, it's about obeying the word. The Christian obeys the word. The apostate rejects the word. Lives contrary to the word. Meaning, Jude predicts in, in verses 8 through 11, he, he prophetically, prophetically predicts, uh, prophetically meaning he predicts what we can expect to happen in the latter days, the times that we're living right now. He says, Be aware, this is what's going to happen in the latter days. And listen, I'm becoming. I'm becoming more convinced every day that I live that only a genuine, a genuine, some would say genuine, but I'm convinced only a genuine spiritual revival can avert the judgment of God on our nation simply because we have turned from the Word of God. Apostasized. From the word. As a nation. Therefore the words of Jude should really be of an extreme importance to us as believers. We better discern apostasy when it raises its, its destructive head. And we should be aware when that happens where we can contend for the faith. The word of God. To fight for the word of God. So this brings us us to the question, how do we recognize an apostate today? How do we recognize that? What are the characteristics? Well, Jude prophesied that during the last days, the apostate will do two things. The first thing is to pollute the witness of the church through immorality, subordination, and irreverence. That's found in verse 8. We're going to talk about the immorality part today. We'll deal with probably insubordination and irreverence. Maybe we can get both of those uh, soon. But they will do two things. First, they'll pollute the witness of the church. What does that mean? Makes the church none avail. The witness of the church none avail. If you have a bunch of apostates in the church, and you go out in the neighborhood and try to witness, you're going to really, those apostates are really going to hurt the witness of the church. Especially if they're living immoral lives. And then they're going to pervert the worship of Christ through mode, through motive, through manner. And that'll come next week, perhaps. But notice verse 8, if you will. Verse 8 says, Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh. They defile the flesh. So apostates pollute the witness of the church. Verse 8 begins, if you'll notice, it begins with likewise... Likewise, verse 8, likewise, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh. Likewise, meaning in the same way, in the same way of what? In the same way of verse 7. So in verse 7, he speaks about Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are setting forth, for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, these filthy dreamers are doing the very same thing. Likewise. The point is, the apostate eventually gives themselves, or the apostate gives himself or herself over to sensual sin. Eventually. Eventually. In fact, defiling the flesh, now listen to this, defiling the flesh is one of the first actions that follows the rejection of God's Word. Mark that down. If you reject God's Word, one of the first actions that will come from that is for you to defile your flesh. Remember verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of God into sensuality, lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Denying the flesh. So they've slipped in, they've secretly slipped in to turn the grace of God into a license of immorality. Because I have the grace of God, then I can do this, this, and this, and that's fine because I have the grace of God on my life. They turn the grace of God into immorality. Now make a note. Only the Holy Spirit within us can stand against our own fleshly desires. That's the only way you can stand against fleshly desires is the Holy Spirit living within you. That's the only way that I can. And the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit is not in residence in the apostate. Look at verse 19. He tells us that. in Verse 19. Drop down to verse 19. These being they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. See that? So the Holy Spirit is the only one in us that can stand against the fleshly desires and the Holy Spirit is not a resident in the life of the apostate. They have not the Spirit. And we know this because of verse 19. In preparing for this, I've studied O.S. Hawkins. O.S. Hawkins has a great book called In Sheep's Clothing. Also, J. Vernon McGee has some good study material on this in his commentaries. Uh, John Phillips, one of my favorite, but Apostasy, O.S. Hawkins says in his book, In Sheep's Clothing, he says apostasy and fleshly sins are genuinely linked together in Scripture. Where you have apostasy, you have sexual sins. When you turn from the Word of God, you have sexual sins. Adrian Rogers said this, one of my favorites, he's deceased now. Adrian Rogers said this, If a college student comes home saying... I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't believe what they teach at church. My professors say this God thing is rubbish or garbage. Rogers says that 9 out of 10 young adults who make those statements are already living in some type of sexual immorality. Turning from the Word of God leads to sexual immorality. The point being apostasy, defiling the flesh, are Siamese twins. They just kindly go together. Now we're very much aware of what is referred to today as the new morality. Um, New morality. New morality happen to morality this is the new morality and the new morality says that marriage is old-fashioned the new morality says that cohabitation is a is a going thing now the new morality says it's all right to have a marriage contract and no need for a covenant relationship like god intended That's the new morality. The new morality says it's okay to marry the the person you love, whether it's two men or two women, as long as you love each other. That's the new morality. The new morality. According to the Wesleyan commentary, six-volume commentary, they made this statement. The new morality today is nothing more than the old immorality described in the Word of God. The new morality today is nothing more than the old immorality described in the Word of God. So when people make a when they make light of marriage vows, live in open adultery, fornication practice homosexual lifestyle, that's not breaking news. Because Jude, 1900 years ago, said that an obvious sign of an act of apostasy would be the apostate would pollute, defile their own body. Defile their flesh. So the point is that Sensual sins of the flesh bring dishonor to the church of Jesus Christ and pollute the witness of the church of Jesus Christ. Now, as we kind of wrap things up, please remember this, that that when we defile our flesh, that means we defile our bodies. And as Christians, we believe that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you defile your flesh you defile your body which is the temple of the holy spirit and so as true believers our body is the dwelling place of god it's where god dwells today 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 paul reminds us he said what what know you not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost which is in you it's I mean, the Holy Spirit is in you, and and you're not yourselves. You're not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your body, which is the Spirit. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. and, And you're not your own. So the Holy Spirit is in our body. It simply means this. In the Old Testament, God had a temple for His people. In the Age of Grace... In the New Testament, he has a people for his temple. Old Testament, temple for his people. New Testament, a temple for himself. He lives within us. Therefore, when we defile the flesh, we pollute the witness of the church. Now remember this as we close. As a believer, our bodies are the temple of God, the home of the Holy Spirit. And just, just because... Please remember this, just because a person falls into sin doesn't mean that they're an apostate. We're going to sin. And just because we fall into sin doesn't mean that we're an apostate. If you remember uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Paul reminds us to be very careful. Wherefore, let him thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. In John chapter 8, Jesus is speaking to a woman that had defiled her flesh. She was called in the very act of committing adultery. And Jesus kind of looks straight into her eyes. And he says in John 8 verse 7, he simply says, Go now and leave your life of sin. Go now and sin no more. The point is, God's ready to forgive those who are willing to repent. He is. He's ready. And the apostate, however, does not seek forgiveness. They seek to justify their behavior by using the grace of God as lasciviousness, as sensuality. By using the grace of God as a license for their immorality. Therefore, polluting the witness of the church. So remember, first of all, contend for the faith. Fight against apostasy. Secondly, awake out of your apathy because apostates are among you. And then third, the apostates pollute the witness of the church. How do we identify them? First of all, by defiling. They defile their own flesh. Apostasy is serious in the church today. It's, it's more difficult today to share the gospel because of apostates in the church that have defiled their flesh and people identified them with the church and say, hey, I'm just as good as those people that are at the church. And so our lesson this morning is simply this. Today, if you're here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have that opportunity to do that. If you're here today and you've just pretended to to fake it and and you know deep down in your heart that this book right here doesn't guide you doesn't lead you I mean you you I mean th- you could care less about this book then you need to come to Christ today and be saved. You may be here today and never trusted Christ this is an opportunity for you to trust him. You may have you may have we use the word backslid and and, and had have fallen in some way in your Christian life, that God's ready to forgive. It's as simple as that. But the apostate doesn't want to ask for forgiveness. They want to justify their immoral behavior. But you need to come today. Trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Whether you're an unbeliever or whether you've had the word, you've been exposed to it, but you've rejected it, you need to come today. And truly accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. You need today to examine your life. And say, Lord, if I die today, I want to know for certain that I have a home in heaven. I want the the word to be a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I take it serious, Lord, when you say that I'm to obey your word. I'm going to obey your word. Jesus said this, Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the word of the Father. You say, Brother Samuel, you're saying that we're saved by doing good works. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the Christian has a desire to obey the word of the Father. And if you don't have that desire, you need to check up this morning to where you truly placed your faith and trust in. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts today. Thank you for the book of Jude that reminds us, Lord, that we are not to, to uh, stray from your word, that we're to be faithful to your word, to obey your word, to be obedient, to do what it says. And, Lord, to, uh, to know, Lord, that you expect that out of us, Lord, and that's part of our sanctification, growing in Christ, becoming more like you. And so, Father, I pray for every person here today that's a Christian that will strive, Father, to obey your word. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord, when we mess up, that we can come to you and that we can seek forgiveness. And you tell us in your word that you will forgive us and you'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so today, Father, I pray for every person here. For those who have never trusted Christ, seriously trusted Christ, I pray today they'll come, trust him as Lord and Savior their lives. Thank you for what you're going to do today uh, as we're faithful to what the Holy Spirit's leading us uh, in the decisions that we make. In Jesus' name.